to see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wildflower. Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. William Blake. So that was the voice of the lovely Christy Mack. Uh, reading you the poem there by William Blake. This is Jim McNeish, and we are here to talk about second tier thinking. Here to talk about mm-hmm. that next layer up of consciousness from the spiral dynamics model. And we decided to call it a new place to stand because second tier thinking felt a little intimidating, well, certainly to both of us. <laughs> um, and so, how have you been, Kirsty? I've been super well, thank you. I've been super well. Um, excited about this. I'm excited yeah. about this one because it is. This one feels like uh, one that kind of weaves a lot of the components together. Um, and even though there are a lot of random people watching me, um, I'm comfortable with it. So what is it, what, what's been your experience so far? What's your, where are you at yeah. just now? So from the second tier thinking point of view, I was with a company last week and it was a European, pan-European company. <clears throat> and uh, they're going to have to do a, a, a reorganization, a restructure. And um, as we were talking, there was a debate about being centralized or decentralized in terms of the activity. And then eventually, as they debated it, they realized they were going to have to do both. And then it was, are we colleagues or clients to our business unit folks that we're working with? And then how we're going to be both? Um, are we technical specialists or are we leaders? Oh, turns out we're going to have to be both. And it took about halfway through the conversation to they really started to get it that we're in this world of both now. Um, the compartmentalization that used to go on, the ability to do the silos, that's just no longer available. And in order to achieve what they want to achieve in this next while with everybody joined up, the or has had to disappear from their conversation. And now they're going to have to work out a different way of thinking about doing both of those things. Wow. And uh, I was struck, I was even thinking about this conversation we were going to be having, thinking, as I pointed it out to them, that this is the world we now live in. It's much more of the and, and uh, it's more complex and it's harder to do. Yeah, so that's what I've been seeing. What about yourself? I've, it's so similar. Um, I have been noticing the language of people. I'm getting phone calls of, Kirsty, what's everyone else doing in terms of different leaders wanting to know about different organisations? And the tone is different, not um, what they're doing from a competitive perspective or what are they doing from a, I'm just dead interested, I'm really nosy. Um, doing it from a, how can I learn? What's cracking off? What are people doing that's just delightful and elegant and graceful? Um, and so our language is changing. I'm hearing people connecting rather than networking. Um, I'm hearing, we know we've spoken about this, I think, on other podcasts, and I've, I've definitely spoken with it with a few people that are here, is that notion of collaboration. Yeah. Now we get it. Before we would collaborate with the people we wanted to collaborate with, we'll see who we can blind copy on an email, you know, like that sort of collaboration and not the yeah, yeah. sort of level four blue kind of collaboration. Whereas now it is just deep collaboration. And I think that there's people that have moved into acceptance. It's that I used this quote the other day um, with my coaching group, and it was from Eckhart Tolle, which is, you know, accept the situation as if, and this is not correct, but. Um, Accept the situation as if you had created it. Mm. 
And that in itself gets people to drop down. Like a, another part of my brain just opens up when I even think about that. To If I have created that, and I'm not saying in terms of mm. what is all happening, but it creates a different stance. It you creates, choose. Yeah, 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 you choose. choose. And I think it moves from worry to concern. So worry is weighty. Worry is a, a, a kind of obstacle for possibility. Worry is dense. Um, and concern is relatedness, is connectivity, is possibility. And, and so I've seen people switch from that worry to concern. Mm. And that it feels, I know we always do this, and we're like, we get higher and higher. And when we talk about it, it's just, this is what we usually do. People wave our hands. And <laughs> it does feel like that switch of the people that are moving into that space and I'm not saying that everybody is but the people that are 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 really aware and accepting the present moment um and and doing the presence in, in a really strong way and that's exciting mm. that's very exciting that's very exciting. exciting to see yeah and so we we said we said um a new place to stand and and that was as you said it was because we did the consciousness podcast um, and we did talk about spiral dynamics and second tier thinking and, and we we're both like what does it mean um, and so we stumbled upon a place to stand as something yeah. and it felt important so what what is it what does it really mean so, so what we're talking about tonight is is second tier thinking this a different place to stand um really back in the 80s, the globalization and the internet, a new level of consciousness was foisted upon us. And for the first time, we could have a look at all the different consciousnesses in different uh, civilizations and different countries and different tribes. And we could see them all around and said, you know, we've got to do something that holds us together. And so that first level of second tier consciousness, that yellow, was all about the chaos and somehow or another trying to survive it, trying to make it work, dealing with the paradoxes in a way that we hadn't before. Um, and we're kind of imminently on the brink of a, a new level of consciousness that we've talked about, turquoise. People always said it would be the 2020s, which is um, this idea of integration taking global themes and integrating them and making it work and thinking globally. And so that's really these, uh, this new level of consciousness that human beings are beginning to uh, practice. But most of us are first level. Most of us are first tier thinking. Um, uh, most of us are trying to survive hostility or we are uh, defending a belief system or an institute or we're trying to get ahead materially pay our mortgages and be successful and put kids through university, or we're defending a cause, um, um, a big picture thing that, that, that's meaningful. But these are all still first-tier thinking, and, and most of us are preoccupied with that, and we disdain other forms of thinking, other forms of consciousness. And the second tier, which with the invite now sits, is one that invites us into not disdaining other levels of consciousness, not disdaining other ways of thinking, but dealing with the paradox, dealing with complexity, holding lots of information in your mind without trying to collapse into a position. Um, and it's tough. And it's it, this environment that would support this, conducive to it, doesn't exist in many places. Mm. You know, um, maybe the odd political head office hard to imagine which um but <laughs> something like that but maybe right. like intelligence agencies or okay. s some boards of technology firms or, or or 
altruistic groups, you know, the, you know, the Illuminati probably had this down pat mm. 30 years ago. <laughs> um, so some people have got a kind of hold of this space where they can always take this global perspective and get it integrated. But we just, I think, visit there. I think we just get mm. to visit there occasionally. We, we, we get up because we are living in a dualized world. We are living in a world of either ors. We're living in a press that makes it either or. We're living in a um, the media, the politicians, and our banks and our way of doing business is very either or. So we will always be pulled there. And that's okay. You know, like the, the original Spider Dynamics was um, actually called Emergent Cyclical Levels of Existence I mean, it just trips off the tongue, people. And that is why we do not use it in business. Just, <laughs> you can't even say it as an introduction. Even the eclat model, doesn't it? It sounds like some kind of <laughs> Swedish cheese dish or something, doesn't it? The eclat. Oh, I love a um, whole eclat. <laughs> and so, like, so th- that was the original model. And basically, it was a, this circular interplay between environment and consciousness, environment and consciousness. And an advancing environment meant we had to up our level of consciousness. We up our level of consciousness, we create a new environment. And so it was always linked in. So most people listening just now will be existing in what's called level one, but orange, which is a, a concern mainly for paying the mortgage, um, uh, getting on at work, getting promoted, um, thinking logically and pragmatically what's the science behind this disease when are we going to start to see uh vaccines and and all of that is orange level concerns and that's entirely appropriate um my one of my favorite movies was world war z oh i hate zombies seriously terrifies me love a zombie and um and so, and also that you don't see blood and guts in this thing. Everything is kind of tastefully done in the distance. I'm not very keen on heads. That pet was in it. I was happy with that, but that. <laughs> so, so uh, I love that movie. But one of the scenes that really struck me was they were on a ship at sea, and they had an expert there from Harvard who was this expert in Gaia in chaos, mm. and they said, "Let's get him back to point zero when it broke out." and find out what's going on. And so Brad Pitt, who was more kind of mercenary action kind of orientated, took him. And he said to him, when we got off the plane, don't have your hand on the trigger of the gun. When we're going to come down, you only put your hand on the trigger if you're going to fire the gun. And so this guy who's got brains coming out his ears started to come down the runway of the plane and the zombies made an attack. He ran back up and he had his finger on the trigger, fell and killed himself. Oh. And so, so that was the end of his contribution to the kind of the world panic. But what was really interesting for me in that is that he was absolutely a genius when he was in second tier thinking ecology and an environment. But when you plunged him back into deep red warfare, he was an innocent. He was a baby. He had nothing. And so therefore, it's entirely appropriate that you adapt your consciousness to the environment you find yourself in. And most of us right now are trying to pay the mortgage and trying to think about logically when things will work. But here's what I just want to say on that finally is, it's coming, AI is pushing, Um, technology is pushing, we're all becoming more attuned to doing this kind of thing. And it's speeding us up. And it's going to require second tier thinking, it's going to require integration, it's going to require global thought. And so therefore it's going to call us up into 
more second tier thinking. So that's that's what I see coming. But Kirsty, you've done this stuff for as long, and some of the things I've heard from people is um, they're alarmed that second tier thinking will be some apocalyptic like sci-fi movie. So you yes, know, it, welcome to that time. <laughs> there's that sense that you know um, the original beige in tier one, which was all about survival. Yellow is just surviving chaos. Mm-hmm. Then the tribal superstitious magic stuff, uh, basically belonging, will all become a bit hive mind, turquoise, where we'll lose our individuality. And then red is going to become coral, which is basically us battling against AI and mm-hmm. robot wars. So that is my question to you. Should we be stocking up on tinned goods and guns? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Batten down the hatches. Um, yes, and I think we have been in that space before. So I think if we look at movies, zombies aside, but I love the metaphor, still terrified. Um, it's the Mad King. You know, there was always that one Mad King. Every movie that we would see had one baddie. And I think it's great, actually, that we've got lots of baddies. <laughs> <laughs> we don't just have one mad king there's That's several right. i'm actually i'm i'm comfortable with that because i think the movies gave us this notion of ai that was there's this one person that controls everything and they will control you and everything online nothing is sacred and and we were in that space and i know even a conversation that was relayed to me by actually someone um listening in was uh, someone got a call so a head of transformation got a call from, uh, a union rep and the, the union rep said, we need to stop AI. And the head of transformation said, okay, um, what do you mean by that? Is that we just need to stop it? We need to stop AI. And he said, well, what, what do you want me to <laughs> Paul Elon? <laughs> like, what do you- pull the plug, pull the plug. <laughs> guys, just press off, press off. And he said, what do you mean we have to stop it? And he said, the guys are scared for the job. And he said, okay, okay, now, now we're at a place we can work for. And mm-hmm. I realized that. And, and so think of AI as automation and think of it that you could be more of yourself. And the guy said, no, we don't want that. And there was a fear. There was mm-hmm. this notion of, you know, the badness of AI and all of those components. But I think that, you know, tier one has, you know, it's, it gives us good insight. It gives us, I've, re, I've really loved this um, spiral dynamics. I've loved it as a lens for just now because seeing the emotions that people are going through, I can see where they are at on the spiral. It has been really useful for me personally. Um, and so tier one is indicative. It gives us insight. And tier two um, is non-dualistic. It is... Um, some people would just look at it as teal. So they wouldn't say, so Claire Graves talked about yellow, teal, turquoise, or coral. Coral was a big question mark when Claire wrote his book. Um, And so some people would just look at it as teal because there is no delineation. And there is, there's brilliance in tier one that we can take into tier two. It's not, and even tier one and tier two is dualistic in in kind of how I speak about it. Yeah, it is, yeah. Teal is non-dual. And, and I think it is, as you say, like our, our notion is, our thinking is affected by the soup we're swimming in. 
-hmm. Yeah, and so we see this advancement back down, advancement back down. And I think my hope is, my belief is, that we can be in a place where tier two brings the brilliance and the beauty of all of the components of tier one. Right. And so as soon as we get to the point where we, I said this to someone the other day, let go of the shadow, but it's embrace the shadow of every single part of tier one, then we're in a great space in tier two thinking. We're in a different place to stand. So if we can hold on to the isness of the beige, if we can hold on to the belonging of the purple, um, if we can have the impact and the hard hitting of the red, yes, the yes. Uh, the cooperation of, of the blue, the cleverness of the orange, the compassion of the green, all of those, if we weave all of those together, then we've got a truer sense of reality. Ricky's on a boat, so he's probably finding it hard to get in and out. He's in the waiting room and off. Um, and so there is that truer reality that we can hold all of that together. And that is a way in which we can be curious. I think mm -hmm. we can sit with a lot of kindness. I think there's a deep sense of self and experience. I think there is a notion that we won't necessarily be interested in authority. Mm. We will hold our own. It will be, you know, we'll be interested in different viewpoints and options and interests, and it'll be hive mind. There'll be a container of, of consciousness, of cooperation, of real collaboration. And so, and we'll be interested in the source of, it's quite a big statement, but the source of data. Yes. So just now, social media is great, right? It connects us in an unbelievable way. It allows us to see into people's lives. It allows us for a moment in time, a meme, a picture, a soundbite. We will not be interested in soundbites. We no. will not be interested in just 144 characters relaying the truth. We'd be interested in the proper truth, which is going back to the source, which is a, a, a frightening for the media. Huh? You know, that's, that's going to be a challenge for, for people in the media. And so I, I think that if we can weave all of those different components, that's a greater sense of reality. That's a narrative that I definitely want to be swimming in. Um, and it opens it up and it will allow us to have a global perspective. It's integration. Mm. That's what that is. It's integration. I think so. I think that's, uh, that's going to be the key here is how do we pull in truth and useful information from global sources? How do we form our thinking from all over the world? You know, just watching Homeland if I could just go on that Every for a little while. Time. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I, I really love everything that could have put you right into somewhere in Iran or Pakistan and seeing how they live and seeing their perspective on, on things and and how they experience it. It's like, what happens if all of that non-shadow information comes? And and that's kind of what I wonder is. I wonder if the next big taboo mm. is going to be false information. Oh, so it's like lies. And so uh -huh. we could and make trolling. misleading information uh, punishable. I wonder. Oh. I wonder if that's going to be the next thing, which is we're going to put such um, a currency around um, information and facts. And... Um, 
And so therefore people who are feeding the system with wrong information, I, I do wonder if that will become, they will be asked, where's your source? Mm-hmm. Where are you getting this from? What is, um, what is important to you that you're feeding this? What's your agenda? I think that's where the transparency will start to occur because I think the information is going to be at such a premium in this next decade. I just like those moments of walking into the space and and, I, and even that's like letting the ego back in because we've, we've made it wrong, right? We've made the ego wrong and we could get to that place where the ego comes back in and we see the mature defences and the brilliance and uniqueness and beauty of it and we hold that and, and that's a new place to stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's also where information comes from. Where we're speaking, we're speaking from our personalities and our egos. And so therefore that's going to have to be better known in terms of where are they speaking from, what is it defending and what is it satisfying. I think if information is the new currency in the next 10 years, and it has been that a bit up until now, but now it's absolutely vital for this level of consciousness. I do wonder if we're going to have to be a little bit more known in terms of why are you speaking what you're speaking what's its intention what evidence do you have of that because that all adds to the information that's all going into this hive mind this Mm. idea of us all thinking together and if we think together in that way we want it to be clean we want it to you know have for it to be for it to have volition and for it to be Mm -hmm. precise and for the source to be real right because it was that big thing well we had that big thing you know, just recently with the COVID-19, I remember um, Charlotte was up here and she's dentist major. And so they're actually, some of them might get pulled into the National Health Service to help. And um, it was the whole thing that certain um, young kids who had been having maybe Nurofen or something like that were going to be, were mm. really ill with it in France. And it was false. It was, it had just, uh, you know, come out of somebody's bedroom who scratches themselves of an evening and just feeds the social media you know, with all sorts of nonsense. And, um, um, you know, mm. and, and I think that's where there is actually going to be a greater check on what is the value of your information? What is the value of your knowledge? So what does that mean then, moving on from the scratching individual? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the visual. Um, what does that mean for leadership then? Integration is everything. I think a leader is going to have to basically integrate in all the work. I'm noticing it coming now. I was noticing it when I was dealing with um, Saga and other big companies. That it's now, and look at uh, BP. If you see Bernard Looney, the biggest company in the UK, Bernard Looney, the CEO, he is sending messages which are all about the integration of the physical, the spiritual, the commercial, the environmental, the aesthetic, the emotional. It's like we're going to have to integrate all of those things because that's what we're now becoming interested in. We're having time to reflect and think about quality of life. And organizations are no longer going to be able to strip everything back to a purely commercial function. Mm. Integration isn't just about bringing information from the corticals in South America. It's about um, bringing information from other aspects of our humanity. And I think we're going to see more of that in leadership. And that integration is, we don't have a narrative for how the world is just now. You know, we have a lot of the things that we've been doing has been based on emotion or tradition. Um, and a lot of the, I think we mentioned it in another podcast, that 
policies and process haven't got us to this space and how we've coped, but people have. Yes. And if we can recognize that we are more connected, more connected than ever before, you know, we've done these sort of eight weeks ago, we were like Zoom. It's <laughs> like a podcast, what's that? Um, you know, but we've, we're now in a place where we've ran a couple of sort of big events and I felt more connected in that, in that space with another sort of 50, 90, 100 people than perhaps I would have face to face. And it's about how we are taking on board the cognitive, spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, all of the the z of of the humans that work with us. And we're seeing brilliance in that. We're seeing um, curiosity in how people work because we're in an amazing opportunity just now. We're in a situation whereby we've got a lens into people's lives. Yes. Yeah, and you're seeing you're seeing the rooms. You're seeing their kids running around. Puppies mm-hmm. we had earlier mm-hmm. from somebody in there as well. You're seeing all of that, and all of it is going to have to come in. It's all going to have to be allowed because, with the threat of kind of hive mind and information being a focus, individual human beings aren't want to just be part of the Borg. You know, that's <laughs> that they don't just want to be part of this big consciousness they they have feelings and 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 needs which are of autonomy and to be noticed and to be valued and so leaders are absolutely going to have to find their compassion for individuals and human beings in their teams they're going to have to yeah it is it's, it's like you're going to have to bring it all in you're going to have to do the hive mind you're going to have to do the individual you're going to have to integrate like this new level of consciousness we're going to need ai to help us. But underneath all of that, we're going to have to find our own intrinsic motivation as leaders to get after this, to genuinely care, to genuinely want that connection, to genuinely want to take global issues, because we can no longer think parochially. We're going to have to take global issues and we're going to have to action them at a local level with the people that we're leading. And to do that, you're going to have to contextualize it for them and you're going to have to understand the people themselves. That will take compassion and it will take a will and a commitment from the leaders themselves you know what though it'll be opposed (laughs) it sounds wonderful but it'll be opposed because it'll be wishy-washy it'll be sort of utopian it'll be oh interesting (laughs) that's what a lovely way of thinking and so for that compassion leaders have to be strong and we've seen it. We, you know, pre-COVID, we we saw people that that think like this, and the organisation sort of waited around, not patiently, <laughs> but waited to see the commercial um, return happening. And either it didn't come quick enough, yes. or it did happen but not big enough. And he who must not be named. <laughs> <laughs> was no longer in the boardroom. And you know, we go in and go, so how's Dave? And we're like, yeah, yeah we just never Didn't mentioned. deliver. Didn't deliver. There's no progress that he promised progress. And I think that, that that's where we need courage. That's where we need conviction. That's where we need the place to stand. So it's not how we're thinking about it. It's, it's about, it's not what, it's about how. It's about understanding that it's not about being right it's about where we stand and it's thinking about what are we doing it for are we doing this for 
you know, we talk B2B, B2C, this has brought H to H. Are we doing it for compassion? Are we doing it for the team? Are we doing it for the environment? Are we doing it for the world? How can we get to a point where we all meet our needs and we're all reevaluating, as you say, what our needs are. We realize what we don't need at this moment in time. And also we work in the resources of, of the planet. Yeah. It's, it's and, it's how we bring all of that together. And, and that's, that for me personally is, is something to be invited into. And I think that invite is open to us all and I'm in. To love, to be loved, to never forget your own insignificance, to never get used to the unspeakable violence and the vulgar disparity of life around you, to seek joy in the saddest places, to pursue beauty to its lair, to never simplify what is complicated or complicate what is simple, to respect strength, never power, above all to watch, to try and understand, to never look away and never never to forget Arundhati 